Good morning, good afternoon and good evening to wherever you are in the world. Uh, welcome to the latest episode, episode, episode. of... Episode. Episode. Welcome to the latest episode of the Inside Out Effect podcast. This is episode 17. Uh, I'm your host, Stephen Jakes from HealingTheMind.co.uk. I'm a therapist, uh, an NLP practitioner, hypnotherapist, reboot technician and a DTO specialist. Quite a lot there to That's talk quite about. A lot, quite a, quite a lot. Been, been a busy boy. And uh, to my left or to my right, depending if you're watching on Facebook Live or whether you're listening listening to it from the other side of the room or wherever uh, i have the, i have the refined and the eloquent and the uh probably the leading consumer of sweet and sour chicken uh the lovely <laughs> oh he's obviously the creator of the dto system as well so i've got uh, the lovely jonathan shorts good evening jonathan how are you my friend how have you been i'm very well steve i'm good mate thank you the leading consumer of sweet and sour chicken yeah it's all you eat for those of you who <laughs> don't understand eats. that all i eat when i try to Chinese restaurant is sweet and sour chicken that's yeah. what he's referring to he thinks he's being funny <laughs> Uh, he's not being Me, funny. funny. No, no, no. I have no yes. sense of humour at but all. Um, no, that was, no. Uh, dreadful sense of humour. Dreadful. dreadful sense of humour. Yeah. So, but apart from that, I'm good. I'm good. Yes, Great. Well, yeah. Well, you. I mean, obviously, you're, you're just to introduce you. You're uh, Jonathan is a therapist. He is an absolute expert in uh, healing chronic pain, and um, he's also the author of the book uh, Chronic Pain: uh, The uh, Decoding Pain, the Emotional Blueprint to Healing Chronic Pain. That's great. Uh, I nearly got it. I got you it wrong. It wrong. I got it wrong again. again. You did it again. It's <laughs> decoding pain, the emotional blueprint to yeah. healing chronic pain forever. That is true. The important uh, bit there is forever. It is forever. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, can, so, so, just to say, I mean, obviously, uh, uh, he is an expert in healing with chronic pain. I've witnessed it myself, and with many other uh, people that I've sent to him and, and, and spoke to. But can you just elaborate a bit more, really, on what actually that actually what the context of that actually means? What is the emotional blueprint to healing chronic pain? So, just want to tell the viewers and uh, uh, a little bit more about what what it actually is. Uh, so, so briefly in a nutshell, it's a little bit difficult. To to explain in five minutes but um, uh, I use the word emotional uh, for the book because it's what people kind of understand but it's not strictly emotional it's more of a biological response so it's not something mental or emotional we're going through it's a biological response and by that I don't mean that we are having something biologically wrong with us I mean that we are reacting biologically to something in our environment so every part of our body every organ in our body every area of our body reacts biologically to something in our environment and it alters its structure and its function based on the biological response so the biological response for the shoulder for instance is an obvious one it's a burden on somebody it's feeling burdened by something but if you then combine that with neck pain so if someone's got neck pain and shoulder pain it's a burden but it's also an injustice or a betrayal because that's what the neck's about so it's not like emotional as in fear anger worry things like that it's actually a burden and injustice. Once you know the biological response, you can find that in somebody and then go, well, now, how do you think and feel about that? Yeah. But it's the biological response first. And that's actually how I healed my original shoulder pain many years ago when I was doing lots of techniques to clear trauma. I was doing techniques to clear trauma that were random. I was kind of guessing at what it might be. I was following, trying to find the emotion in it, the yes. anger and the fear, but it was too general because you could be angry and frightened about a multitude of things. Yeah. Whereas when I finally went, well, what's been burdening me, where I felt stabbed in the back because it was at the back of my shoulder blade, uh, I knew instantly what it was, and then it took me 20 minutes to switch it off, whereas I've been trying to solve it for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, so it's more the biological response, and that is like a blueprint in our bodies. Each organ responds biologically, and once you know the biological shock, 
that creates it, you can I can feed that into the person, bring it up, and then using DTO, we switch it off, switch the emotions and thoughts and the belief systems and the sabotage around it, and then the pain goes away very quickly. Yeah, so one of the things that I've come to learn is over the, 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 the few years now that I've been studying the human mind, well, seven years now I've been studying the human mind, relentlessly um is that one thing i did learn from yourself is that each organ has a psychological correlation in the brain yeah Yeah. biological yes but but it will actually it will actually have some representation to the body yes every part of your body is representing your brain represented in your brain yeah that's okay so that's what i was trying to say but so for example so i know many people have sciatica and deal with have sciatica and we um, one of our one of our friends phoned us last night when we was out uh, having a meal and he said he you know he's got sciatica and there is a there is a, a blueprint to that so do you want to just elaborate really so the biological response for sciatica is because it's a nerve it's a, it's a territory issue so your nerves are through your territory it does involve self-worth a little bit so if you've got sciatica it's simply you feel stuck somewhere in your territory and you can't move forwards uh, you're stuck somewhere and you can't move forward to do with your territory. And your territory could be your home, it could be your work, it could be your partner, it could be your favourite hobby or sport. You just feel stuck somewhere in your territory and you cannot move forwards. If it's trapped, depending on where the sciatic nerve is trapped, that's another piece of information. But the sciatic nerve can be trapped in four different places, so for me to explain that is irrelevant right now. But ultimately, the nerve being trapped itself is about feeling stuck and not being able to move forwards. Yeah, it's great. And then that's how, obviously, they entraps the nerve and that's how we experience sciatica. And that's, that's why sciatica comes And on. that's why you're so, sexfully, so successful in healing it in many people. So I will say on that, though, the other thing that does need to be done, you do need to release the sciatic nerve. This is one thing that therapists never do. I see, I see sciatica all the time. I treat it. 90% of the time, it's very simple to treat. But other therapists, for whatever reason, do not know how to release the nerve. What you actually have to do first is release the nerve. Then you have to clear the shock to make sure it stays released. Or vice versa, clear the shock, but then have the nerve released. I don't mean do a little bit of work around the muscles. I don't mean stick a few needles in to hope it... I mean actually manually release the nerve so it's no longer trapped anymore. I see so many people come to me with sciatica and they've had it for months or even years. And the reason they've done it is because any therapist they went to didn't release the nerve. Yeah, which is insane it's, when you think about insane. it. It's insane. It's, it's the most logical thing in the world. Yeah, absolutely. And it must be released kind of manually. You have to stretch the muscles, you have to stretch the body out, and you have to tease the nerve out. I always think of a nerve as a frightened animal who's got caught in a trap. Mm-hmm. So if you're out in the woods and you see you know, a... a, 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 a uh, a, ba- a baby deer a baby deer <laughs> caught in a trap it's a little bit scared for you to come and free it it wants yeah. to be free but it's frightened for you to come and help it so by reaching over to it and trying to undo the, 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 the trap it's nervous and frightened and the nerve is very much like that and if you if you aggravate it it can trigger it off so you kind of have to treat it like a trapped animal where you just do it very gently a little bit gradually bit by bit bit by bit and you're teaching it that it's okay to come out and release and stay released okay well that's fascinating stuff and obviously if you do have any issues regarding your physical uh, ailments and uh, chronic pain I strongly recommend you get in touch with Jonathan uh, if you're in the UK and uh, ultimately you'll be able to help them yeah i just had a client like that recently she spent literally she actually before she saw me she was seeing a private physio an expensive private physio was her words not mine an expensive private physio which is why she couldn't see me for a few weeks with sciatic pain and 
nothing touched it, nothing. But within one session of clearing that trauma, of clearing the what where she felt stuck in life um, and where she felt she couldn't move forwards, uh, 75% psychic pain went away. Yeah, well, we did touch on that last week, didn't we? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. So uh, let's crack on now with the podcast topic. Well, not quite yet. Um, I'm going to apologise for anybody who uh, was waiting for last week's episode, which was on fear, to be uploaded to the YouTube channel. Uh, I've been away and I've not been able to... You've been uh, gallivanting, I've been you? gallivanting. You've been having fun. I've been, yes, and um, how dare me. You shouldn't be doing that. Uh, Certainly not in that yeah, show. Yeah, so... Um, um, so anyway, the, the audio has been done today and the graphics has been done today by the wonderful uh, Jonathan Shaw. Uh, well done, Jonathan, on that. Thank you for getting over for to doing me. the graphics. Yeah. It took me so long to do that. I agonised sleep over I that. Know. It was dreadful. But it's all done and uh, hopefully by tomorrow morning I'll have that uploaded to YouTube. So I just wanted to apologise for anybody that was expecting that to be uploaded to YouTube. Anyway, so, um, okay, so before we start, uh, I just want to ask you, um, how have you? How's how's your clinic been? In good things, bad things, positive things, amazing stories. What's been going on in your clinic? Uh, good things. Been very very busy. A few very stuck clients. Um, very stuck clients. Some of them, but they're getting there slowly. Yeah. Um, uh, but one of my clients I spoke to on Monday, I think it was, or hadn't spoke to for quite for a couple of months. She came to me um, because she didn't feel connected to anything. Uh, she couldn't seem to feel connected to her friends, to people uh, within herself. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's not usually what I treat, a lack of connection. It's a very spiritual thing, a lack of connection. A lot of people suffer from it, and I did suffer it myself. Uh, I couldn't connect to just human beings. Um, but she was suffering with this lack of connection. She tried lots of things. She tried. My, she's a very aware person. She's a very spiritual person. And she's young. She's early 20s. Um, but she's totally aware. And she was away. She's travelling at the moment around Europe and couldn't connect to her friends. And uh, I only did three sessions with her, lifted it all off of her system. And uh, I spoke to her the other day and two months later she's still flying. And she's growing and changing at a rapid rate now because she now feels connected. Yeah. So she can now change and grow and become aware of things. Well, she's not also preoccupied with the, the, the position that she was in because she, that, yes. well, that, cause that consumes you. And when you're stuck in a situation, that sort of takes over and you can't see anything outside of that. So when that's been released, I would imagine now that ultimately she's now freed from that and now her world starts to grow because you're no longer trapped or stuck in that. That's right. She was constantly in that place of trying to connect, trying to work out how she can connect, trying to connect, work out why she couldn't connect, yeah. trying to work out what she, trying to do what she'd learned from other things and other programs that she'd been on and other seminars that she'd been on and trying to apply that information but it wasn't working it was just making a spin and going to more yeah. of a head spin and well, this goes back to switch that off and she's just connected naturally yeah this goes back to what we've been saying on nearly every podcast we're going to mention it now about trying to understand your problem and understanding the problem is a problem <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's one of the biggest problems. The biggest yeah. problem is understanding your problem. Yeah. So, uh, and because you, you'll never understand it, and and there's a great example of that young girl trying to understand it. Spent a long time trying to uh, understand what the problem was. Got stuck. Got trapped. Got stuck in a cycle, and then you know, lucky enough, she's come right. to you and resolved it. Yeah, and I had another lady in India actually who I finished with now, and, and we did like eight sessions, and she was uh, doing all these spiritual things, doing the affirmations. Um, trying to be mindfulness and gratitude and everything 
but was being triggered at work constantly. She owns her own business. She's in India. She owns her own business. Very successful woman, but being triggered constantly at work by things and it not feeling she could leave the business and back away from it, feeling she always had to be there. And she's trying all these spiritual things and getting nowhere. And she's going around, around in circles yeah. because she's learned and read all these things. But what she didn't realise was that all these things she learned and read were making it worse. Yeah. And literally, yeah. and she couldn't do mindfulness because her thoughts and emotions were completely separate from each other. They weren't making sense. Uh, and I remember we switched off her emotional response about things. She went, that's great, and came back next week and went, oh, my emotional response is down, but my, my thoughts are going crazy now. Yeah. So we switched off her thought process about things, and then she just went quiet and still. Yeah. And then she just went to being just relaxed and chilled, and, and the emotional stuff at work went away, and she stopped paying attention to her thoughts, and she's now she's now doing really well, she's flying, and she's doing great. Yeah. But it's a typical thing that we try and understand it, or we try and read more and learn more things yeah. We often try and learn more things to accomplish what we want to achieve, but actually what we have to do is just switch off. We have to unlearn. Sorry, we have to unlearn. We have to unlearn it. And switch switch off off, what we know already and what we have learned for it to actually come about. So once we unlearn it and once she unlearns it, she went back to just being her again. Yeah, I mean, I prided myself for many, many, many years uh, with trying to learn new stuff. And I've got a multitude of... A, a multitude of knowledge on a, on a whole range of things. He really does. Like he knows <laughs> and, how to pour water from a jug y- yes. in the fridge into well, a I glass. Well, I didn't know how. I learned, I I learned on YouTube to be quite honest. I oh, right. for that one. And I didn't know how to do that, so yeah, he laughed at me when I didn't know how to do that a minute ago, <laughs> which is why I'm making the reference. But you did have to be there, so yeah. me telling you is literally yeah. pointless. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I learned a multitude of stuff, and I've really prided myself on my, you know, on the information that I've learned. But the funny thing is, is that. <laughs> The funny thing is, is that up until August last year, since August last year, I've unlearned everything that I learned. Yeah. Because what I found out was actually caused me lots of problems and it was just making the problems worse. And the more that I couldn't solve the problem, I think I'd need to find more information and learn more information. And the more information I learned, the more confused I got, the more confused I got, the more information I learned. So I got myself into a complete and utter tears, which I didn't know what was right, what was wrong, what to believe. And actually what I needed to do was completely the opposite and actually switch off uh, all those learnings and beliefs because they are fundamentally the cause and issues to everybody and everything's their problems. It's, it really is. And, um, and, and it was a really difficult pill to swallow because obviously I'd spent many years, 30, 40 years and what we all do, uh, acquiring new information. And and we identify what we learn as well, don't we? We we think that's who we are. We think our knowledge and what we've learned is who we are. And that's why it can sometimes be. Yeah, but it goes to it goes to the two parts of the brain, the subconscious brain and the logical part of the brain. So the thing is, is we have two, two of us. So there's a there's a there's a fake us, the fake us, which is the us that goes out who thinks who we are, what we learn, what we have, who we project to be, our egos, all the rest of it. So this is this learnt version of us where nearly the majority of people live from. But actually, that's what causes all the problem because it isn't really in alignment with our true authentic self, which is who we really are. And so um, this is who we really are. And so there's so many issues and problems caused when the majority of people who are living from this projected uh, version of themselves of how they will how they view want the world to view them yeah rather than who they really are and that's where the big disconnect is I fell uh, victim to that um, I you know I wanted to project myself uh, because that's what I was taught I was taught that I had to be successful and I had to you know be be this sort of way and I had to project myself and I had to be out there 
you know trying to force my way in life and learning new stuff would make me more powerful more successful but actually all it done was brought me pain and misery and suffering and hurt and disappointment and that then facilitated more pain and suffering and then I would then go and learn more stuff yeah and actually it was only when I started unlearning it and bringing myself back to my who I really am not the learnt version of me that my life is working on a on, on a much better on a much better scale. So, so, yeah. so, just to briefly sum up, the point of that is that if you are trying to solve a problem right now, if you are whatever problem it is, doesn't matter what it is, it's irrelevant. Whatever you're trying to solve, whether it's a physical illness, a mental illness, a situation in your life, a situation with a person, a problem, a decision you're trying to make, a behaviour you're trying to change, whatever it is, stop trying to learn more information about it. Do not Google it. Do not try and understand it. Don't read more books on it. Don't try and become more spiritual or more something. What you need to do is switch off what you think you know and go back to being who you are. Because the more knowledge you have and the more you think you know, it takes you away from you. And when you're not you, nothing works. Nothing functions. Because you're either, as Steve says, you're either here or here, you're not being You're, you're living from the fake, from the yeah. fake self, and things do not work from that. No. It works for a little while. Yeah, well, for a little while it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah, for a little yeah, while, yeah, absolutely, one hundred percent. Because you're using energy and willpower to achieve your goal, but then once that energy and that willpower and that the desire then dissipates, you're now wondering, what am I doing this for? I'm yeah. doing this. I don't even know why I'm doing it. But three months ago, you was all over it and you was full of it and you was passionate about it. But actually, it's because you just seed an opportunity and then you just went for it because you know we pride ourselves on on material gain as a version of success. Yeah, and actually, success. Um, is really, uh, uh, I think, what was it? Um, uh, it's really about a progressive aim towards a goal. So if yes. you're going towards a goal and you're being progressive towards that, that's what success is. Success isn't the end result of of no. of, of, of of material gain and success. It's just that that's an, an absolute illusion. But that's and sometimes people reach their goal and still not be happy. Like I did. They'll get to the, yeah, you get you get like to the goal and they won't actually be happy because. The goal that people think they want is not what they want. It's just they think it's if they reach their goal, they think it's going to make them feel a certain way. So, well, it's pe- the programming that if you've got the house, the car, and all your things, that that is what that's what happiness is. So yeah. that's what you aspire to have because when you get there, that's what you have. But the problem is, is that you never get there because you're chasing it all the time, yeah. and it leads on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing. And happiness isn't an object. It's a feeling. It's a feeling inside you. And that's so a big You can't create a feeling inside you by something external, not that lasts for very long. Yeah. It's temporary, it won't, it won't be very long yeah. at all, and then you'll need to chase something else. Yeah. If you really want that happy feeling, you have to address the feeling, not the external. And this comes back to what we've, we've seen people talk about yeah. things. Over and they're constantly trying again. to address their emotional response by something external to them. Uh, what was it? Uh, someone gave me this example the other day about someone, someone they knew was feeling overwhelmed, feeling completely overwhelmed. So she went to doctor and said, I'm feeling overwhelmed, and he gave her a pill. Well, the clue is in, in what she was feeling. It was feeling overwhelmed. That's a feeling. A little pill will not change that. You have to change the feeling. Yeah. This was insane behaviour, but this is what people do all the time. Yeah. The problem is that people don't think you can change the feeling and they think a pill will do it. A pill will never do it. It will never last long. It's a temporary fix. Yes. If you want, if you have a feeling that's not working for you, overwhelm, exhaustion, uh, uh, anxiety, panic, worry, whatever it is, you have to address the feeling, not that's the way you need a tool that addresses the feeling not something external to it yeah 
you got I mean yeah I yeah. got more answers I could, I could I could say a lot more about it and, and continue to say address the feeling yeah. <laughs> not something external chase the feeling I'm just going to let you rant on let me rant, on, rant on I'm going to sit here and it smile was, it was and, really uh, I was like that's so frustrating because that's what people do can't they never do think you know, they're I not thought it was only feeling. me that went off like that no but Obviously. people don't seem to realise they're not addressing the feeling. No, they won't. No, the they pill won't. is not addressing the feeling. The smoking is not addressing the feeling. Yeah. The exercise is not addressing the feeling. Yeah. The, 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 the nutrition The nutrition, the food, the, the drugs, the sex, the it's, retail therapy, none of it's actually dealing no, with the problem. You've got to address the feeling. Yeah. So once you do that, that's all DTO does. It addresses the feeling. Yeah. And we do know, we are aware that sometimes addressing your feelings can be scary, but that's because traditionally... You analyse the feeling and you try and work it out. And that's not what we do. We just find the feeling, switch yeah, but it off. I think most people don't like the feeling. What they do is they'll suppress it, avoid it, push it away, and then not think about it and go, oh, I've dealt with that. Yes, exactly. I've dealt with that. Dealt no, with that. I've dealt with that. It's not there. And then when you start start talking about it, go, yeah, no, don't talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. Well, why don't you want to talk about it? Because it yeah. brings up the feeling. Yeah, exactly. Well, that yeah. feeling that you've dealt, dealt with, with already. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. anyway, yeah. so they're great. So uh, so good success for your clients. Yes, yeah, so good brilliant. successful. And, and have you had a good week? Because I oh, know well, you've been away, but you've yeah. ha- you have had actually heard from two clients. Yeah. And had some. So there's a permanent successes with you. Yeah, two, two permanent successes, two amazing successes. Um, they're sort of like. You know, my they're, they're, they're the crowning achievement of my career so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went on holiday. Uh, my lovely four days. I went to see my son in Ireland. Uh, I've got to say, Northern Ireland is what an amazing country. I didn't realise. Can <laughs> you hear in that Northern Ireland? You just think about the Ulster Union Party and yeah, all of the politics all that, yeah. and all of the. Uh, but I went there and I was absolutely blown away about the, the beauty of the country. It was amazing. Uh, I spent four. While, I drove around pretty much the whole of the country um, with my son and I spent four days with him and it was just great just to reconnect with him. I love him so much and I miss him so much and uh, so it was really great to just be with him and, you know, just that holding him, fighting him, him beating me up and it's great. So I had a, a wonderful time there. I wonder what the bruise on your body was. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. Was. As soon as I got there, he absolutely <laughs> laid into me. He just, it was like five or six months of pent-ups Pen up, yes. Pen up, he took it all out on me and then he just gave me a big hug and he just cuddled me for about five minutes, so it was really, really great. And yeah. then uh, then started to educate me about the ships that he's learned about. He knows absolutely everything. Seven and a half. He knows everything about every ship that's ever sunk, how many died on it, who the captain was. It just blew me away. I mean, he taught me stuff. It was great. And uh, which I ended up taking him to the Titanic Museum, um, which was even more fascinating because what I learned is everything that we think we know about the Titanic, which we've seen on documentaries and films and books, um, is 95% of it is all nonsense. (laughs) It's all made up nonsense. And when you actually get to speak to the tour guide in the, the Titanic Museum in Belfast, he basically tells you. Yeah. He basically leads you into situations. So who remembers that and who remembers it being... Nope, not true. Absolutely made up. All nonsense. Yeah. And it was inc- it was an incredible... Anybody that's in Northern Ireland or going to Northern Ireland, I really, really, really recommend go to the uh, Titanic Museum. It was absolutely mind-blowing and uh, t- thoroughly recommend it. And it's you, the education that, uh, you know... This, this is my problem with education because it's all nonsense and uh, that's why I don't watch the TV because, you know, you would learn all that stuff about the Titanic from the TV and 95% of it's all fake and not real. It's just done for drama to get you to respond to it. So that was... But anyway, outside of that was really good. 
and um, yeah so uh, I went, also went took him to a film watched Abominable and so we talk about Law of Attraction and uh, it's quite funny throughout the whole film it's a Law of Attraction film it's all about uh, vision boards and manifesting and it all happening so yeah. I don't want to tell too much about the film but uh, it was quite good I sat there and I sort of quite smiled really so, hang on a minute this is all about Law of Attraction this is about these are vision boards and manifestations but you said for those who didn't know watching it they wouldn't know that's what it was actually yeah, about so, they wouldn't get it it was yeah, quite they, subtle yeah very very subtle but very very clever and yeah. uh, so if you are going to watch Abominable it's all about manifesting and and they made a great story out of it it's a really sweet film and Rubes he loved it so great. but yeah so that was good so I had a lovely lovely time in Ireland and uh, and I flew back yesterday and I had a spa with you yesterday and so you know so I've had a, I had a really busy day yesterday <laughs> just like, yes 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 and yeah so anyway it was really good and I thoroughly enjoyed my few days out there so um, but before I left uh, I spoke about it in the last episode. Uh, I spoke about the guy who had epilepsy, um, and he came to me about it and asked me if I could help with him and switch it off. And uh, so I've had a. He phoned me up uh, thanking me because he's not actually had any epileptic uh, um, seizures. Attacks. Yeah, seizures attacks episodes Episode. since he left here. That's amazing. So and how long's that been? That's been two and a half weeks. And how long would he have normally had a seizure before? Oh, it's been ongoing. He's had it since he was nine in a skiing accident. Wow. So And, um, and that that's incredible. That's, yeah, he yeah. phoned me up. He basically phoned me up and it was. About, he wanted to take me out for a drink. He yeah. said, look, I need to take you out for a beer. That's right, someone's just attacking I need, us. That's I need right. to take you out for a beer. There's a ninja in the corner. He just sort of come out, getting ready to attack us. That's yeah. what you heard. Uh, yeah. that's fine yeah so uh, he phoned me up yeah he phoned me up and he said I want to take you out a beer because you've uh, he goes because without you I don't know what I would have done because wow. he was in a really bad way he's also and he was just so grateful and so thankful he couldn't thank me enough and um, and I said to him well look you know at the end of the day you 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 come to see me it's just uh, yeah. the, but he couldn't thank me enough and it's absolutely absolutely changed his life in just two and a half weeks so that yeah. was an amazing amazing for me because I'd never ever I just logically worked it out and went for it and solved the problem now think back a year and a half ago yep would you ever imagined being able to help someone achieve that in a really simple way uh, no 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 I wouldn't have even after a year and a half ago I wouldn't have even known what to do with anxiety I would have just been like everybody else out there going ah you need to go and see the doctor or if they're depressed what are you depressed about just don't be depressed. Don't be, yeah, don't Yeah, do just it. don't. Just stop don't it. it. Stop. Just yeah. stop being depressed, you know. But that's um, incredible for you to go yeah. from a year and a half of, of, of where you were stuck and then not only unsticking yourself, but actually being able to help someone get rid of their their epilepsy. And their anxiety. And their anxiety yeah. in, let's say, five hours tops. Yeah, I know it was actually a bit less. Yeah. But five hours tops that he's had his whole life. Yeah. That's yeah. and bearing in mind, I don't even I come from a marketing internet yeah. entrepreneurial background. It's not a therapist. I mean, he studied therapy, but he's never he's never actually been a therapist until the about a year and a half. About, well, about no, no, about, the beginning of this year. Beginning of this year. Yeah. So it, year. what? January. You started. January. January. So January is now October. That's, yeah, that's ten, 10 months. months. <laughs> yeah. So in ten months, he's not only gone from learning being a therapist, anxiety. He's actually helped someone switch off epilepsy that that's mind-blowing to yeah me that you've done yeah. that. that's incredible I, i'm no I'm, i mean i find it like i said last week sometimes i find it difficult too easily but i mean i just find it i just it's so intuitive for me i can just like now i've got the core fundamentals i just believe i can solve anything i yeah. mean um and like i said so far i've not failed yet with anybody i know i'm gonna get some tough people coming along 
Uh, but I haven't really failed yet. So, and that just proves that the system that you've developed um, works. And it also gives me confidence that I can go and I don't care what your problem is, whatever whatever's going on for you, uh, to a degree, you know, um, I will I will get rid of it, I will solve it, I will heal it in anybody. I'm totally confident in that. And, so. and although he knows nothing really about pain except his experienced pain, yeah, not uh, you sure. helped a lady today and you yeah. cleared some stuff out and all her arm pain yeah. went and she said she'd been seeing physios and things yeah so so this is the girl uh, so this was actually quite interesting because she she came to see me uh, just before I went to Ireland and she it was a referral from a friend really bad anxiety and now so the anxiety was happening so what would happen is, is her alarm would so she'd wake up in the morning and as she came out of sleep into being conscious, yeah. the anxiety kicked in before yeah. she even opened her eyes. Yeah. So as soon as she became aware that she was awake, the anxiety kicked in and that would be everything. I mean, it was a whole load of stuff, but it was everything from getting up, from failing, from relationship failing, not knowing where she was going, what she was going to do for money, how she was going to feed the house, where she was going to live. It was so much going on for this, for this, uh, for this uh, lady. And she's a lovely girl. Um, she drives all the way from Hertfordshire to come and see me, and um, and she'd never she'd never really done therapy before, yeah. um, and she's had a bit of counselling but not really done any therapy. So when I told her what I was going to do, she sort of looked at me and said, "Yeah, right." As like yeah, you know, because yeah, 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 what right, we do yeah. is impossible. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so um, I sat down with her, and within about an hour and a half. I switched off the whole of her anxiety. So I switched off all of the stuff with the relationship breakdown, so all of the depression and all of the sadness about the breakdown, the breakup of her relationship, but also all of the anxiety. Yeah. Um, and that was every every area of anxiety in her life. So everything and all the triggers. Yeah. So I got rid of all of those. She come to me today and I said to her, it's been two weeks or so, right. and I asked her what's been going on with her anxiety and she's not had one... Uh, not even not nothing she's had enough nothing no. not not even a, wow. a whisper of it wow. so that was really good yeah. um and that was the girl who then told me that she'd also healed her arm had healed, arm healed. Yeah, yeah her arm had healed right. uh, so she'd been seeing physios and she'd had doctors and she'd had loads of pain in her arm she'd had it for three or four years and um all of a sudden once i switched off some of the stuff that was related to the relationship breakdown yeah instantly i her arm she goes, my arm doesn't hurt anymore <laughs> it's like, so that was almost like a positive side effect positive side effect that was a positive side effect of clearing out yeah. trauma that you your pain goes away you you, you lose weight you, yeah. you have lots there's lots of positive side effects of clearing out these negative emotional responses yeah. that are just lingering in our system yeah. or not clearing out switching switching them off but yeah by doing that you can just so many things change yeah so I'm really happy about that so it's yeah, been great. a really good Brilliant. it's been really Brilliant. good really good fortnight for me and um so yeah, so anyway, so let's move on now to the podcast uh, proper. Um, the podcast the, proper is really it's the um, podcast proper. The podcast proper. <laughs> what are you, <laughs> um, Eric well, Nerney? Yeah, where's the like, podcast proper? Pro- podcast so proper, the podcast yeah. now like is what I am. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> so this so this week's podcast is um, I'm all right, mate. It's everyone else. Is that what it? Yeah, yeah no, it's not me, mate. It's, it's me. everyone no, else. It's everyone no, else. No, no, so, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. his fault. It's, it's, yeah, you've yeah, done yeah. it. You made me feel like this. Yeah. Ah, it's not me. It's, it's not me. It's it, everyone it, else. My girlfriend's such a bitch. She it's all yeah. her fault. It's, Honestly. Yeah. Oh, oh, my kids. They just they just do everything. They're just so annoying. Yeah, I know. It's the kids. Oh, it's the partner. It's, it's the doctor. ex. It's, it's the, the government. The government of bastards. It's my ex. My ex boyfriend. My ex girlfriend. My current partner. Yeah. It's the kids. It's yeah. the government. It's, it's the school. It's the school teachers. Yeah. It's my next door neighbour. 
Yeah, it's you. None of it's, it's me. It's you. No. I've got a problem with you. It's all your, your fault. <laughs> it's, all my... it's that shirt. It's bugging me. <laughs> that shirt is getting on my nerves. I know, it's getting on my nerves too. Yeah, it's dreadful. Get so, it off. Which is exactly the point, which is, this is, I mean, I have so many conversations with people on a daily basis that are completely, completely unaware that their whole entire existence of life, their emotional existence of life, their behaviours, uh, their emotions, their responses, uh, they're completely oblivious to the fact that they are being triggered and they're being caused. Yes. And they normalise uh, all these feelings. They think that feeling crap, feeling depressed, feeling anxious, being angry, shouting at people, road rage, uh, you know, being uh, dictatorial, being um, oppressive to your, bus- to your business partner or your relationships or treating people like shit. No, it's all normal. That's normal it's behavior. normal, normal behaviour. Yeah, that's, that's what everyone, what everyone does. does. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, so, because it's it not me. No. It's not me. Like, I don't know why everyone's got the ump with me. Everyone seems to have the ump with me at the moment. Well, why do you think? It's yeah, because, exactly. it's yeah, because, no. because of that. So we're going to go into this in a lot more detail today because I fell victim and uh, I was very much like that. Yes. Um, I used to blame everybody. It was never me. Uh, I had every excuse in the world not to do anything. I'd make up excuses when I didn't want to do anything. Uh, I'd deny that I, I had a problem. Nothing was ever me. It was, it was, I was just full of shh. The proverbial, yeah, and uh, I, was, I was as well. Same thing. I used to blame my dad for why he didn't love me. Yeah, and I used to think why it's I didn't feel loved by him. It's me. It's me. It's who I am. Yeah, and this is so not true. And so um, we really want to talk about this in a bit more detail today because it's loaded up in every TV program that you watch. It's loaded up uh, fundamentally from the pre-programming. Uh, that we get and uh, we're conditioned to blame make excuses and denial and the problem is is that when you're operating from that there's only one outcome and that is to experience negative feelings negative responsive negative behaviours which will lead to uh, the fact that you don't like them emotional responses and that will lead to drink drugs retail therapy eating too much gambling sex obsessive behaviour and your life does not work on any scale but instead of addressing what causes the problem you will then basically blame your circumstances you will blame your parenting you will blame your upbringing you will blame your relationships you will blame everything except taking responsibility Responsibility and solving the thing that's causing it. Yeah. So um, that's there's quite a lot of information there. So we're going to start really with normalising negative responses, emotions, and behaviours. So yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about that and uh, and how we how how why do we normalise these behaviours and what impact does it have? Well, it, we say it's not normal. It's actually become the norm these days. Unfortunately, yeah. It, 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 it's it shouldn't be this. Well, we don't believe it should be this way. And you wrote a great post there on Facebook about yeah, how you've learned since you've been doing this that you we can have love in our lives, we can have good health, we can have um, everything's positive possible. thoughts, and everything's possible. possible yeah. But if you if I'd have asked you that two years ago, you'd have categorically denied it to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in fact, you pretty much did when I originally met you um, <laughs> did, in yeah. in, uh, in a restaurant in yeah. Chelmsford, uh, networking thing. But you would have, but now because you've seen it so many times and happened so often. You can now see that it's totally possible. And what's happened these days is we've become so bogged down with with these negative responses that are being triggered constantly by TV, by media, by friends, by family, by life situations. That it's kind of become normal that we all live like characters in these things. Yeah, I mean, we think we think that being angry, being jealous, having resentment, being hateful, being judgmental, being critical, sulking, having a tantrum. Whatever it is, is yeah. normal behaviour. Yeah. And, and that's part of who we are. And yeah. the problem is, is everybody, nearly mostly, most people are doing this 
all the time. Yeah. Just go and have a look on Facebook and read the posts. Yeah. Um, but they but they think it's who they are, and it's not who they are. It's learnt. It, it, it's learnt. It's learnt behaviour, or you've had a shock and it's put you into that at mode, yeah. and, and you're in fight and flight. Either way, you're basically in fight and flight. You're not being you. So if you are angry, fearful, bitter, resentful, critical, you're in fight and flight. There's a biological response. It's only designed for if you're in danger, and I'm pretty sure... For 90% of people watching this... 99, unless, 99%. 99%. 99%. Unless you're at 1% somewhere in a war somewhere or in yeah. a dangerous place. 99% watching this, your life is not being threatened right now. So you don't need to be fearful, angry, critical, uh, unkind, unloving. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to be any of those things. And we've all done it, we've all experienced it. I've, I've mentioned on, on this podcast many times, I used to get angry when I dropped my keys. I would literally shout at the keys, John, what are you doing that for? I can't believe you did that. I didn't take responsibility myself for dropping the keys, which I was solely responsible for doing it, but I would blame the keys. This is a fight and flight state. It was completely insane. It is completely insane. Yeah. I no longer do this. <laughs> um, but I'm giving an example of how sometimes petty it can be and it can be really petty or it can even feel very justified and we can feel very justified in the way we feel and what i would say about that is that we do as human beings have a right to experience everything we have a right to feel every emotion that we feel but only in the moment not a week later two weeks later four weeks later, a year later, five years later, 20 years later. Or experience them on such a high scale or where, you know, a, something yeah. so trivial, like, you know, the little things, it's, oh, it's the little things that make me really angry. Yeah. No, it's not. It's not. It's not no, the little thing not, that's made not. you really angry. It's basically because you've accumulated these responses and you're, you get so angry because it's actually about yourself. It'll be a self-worth issue. Yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, the intensity of what people feel things is way yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, but again, it, it's it's, you shouldn't, once the moment's over, it should be let go of. Now, obviously, it's not quite that simple, but presence is the one, the, num- the one, the fundamental principle that I follow when I think about doing DTO and switching things off is being present. And if someone's carrying something or having a severe response, like Steve says, then you're not being present and you're not being who you really are. And so it's then false. Yeah. But as Steve says, everyone thinks it's perfectly normal. Don't get me wrong, we are all human. We all make mistakes. We all fuck up. Yeah. It's totally okay. But we shouldn't be carrying these things for life. And we shouldn't keep making the same mistake over and over again. That's what we do and then think it's normal. And yeah. we try and make ourselves feel okay about it because we then think it's who we are. And when we think it's who we are, that's when we get a problem. That's when we don't want to be responsible for it because we don't think it can be changed. We think it's who we are. So we then don't like ourselves because deep down... We actually don't want to behave like that. And because we're deep down, we're good people, but we have this conflict. Deep down, we think we're good people, but then we react like this. And that then creates conflict because we think our response is real because we're taught our response is real. And the sad truth is it's not. Well, the truth is it's not real. The sad thing is we believe it and so we don't do anything about it. But actually, you can switch that off and come back to being you. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've learned massively is that, you know, um, all of the stuff that I used to, how I used to act, respond, once I switched that off, my life is so much more happier, peaceful, my relationships are better. And and what I learned was is that that all of the, all of our emotional responses are disproportionate. Mm. Disproportionate to what's really going on. Yeah. And, you know, um, so, you know, for example, the whole road rage thing, I mean, it's just, it's insane. Why, why are you doing that? 
Yeah. Because it's not really about anything. No, it's just insane. It's just an insane thing to do. And yet people think it's normal and they brag about it. Oh, yeah, geezer, do you know what I mean? Pulled out. I'm like, oh, good. What? That's just nonsense behaviour. It's, oh, oh, yeah. it's just an egotistical thing. It's not really who you are. It's just that you've been triggered and those triggers are the things that need to be switched off because wouldn't you want to go through your life not experiencing hate, resentment, jealousy, feeling down, depression, being anxious, being moody, being, you know, just basically just a nasty person, being critical, yeah. you know, well, it's banter, of course, it's, it's banter, isn't it? it's just a bit of banter. No, it's not. It's basically you projecting your your own shit onto somebody on else, else. outside. Right. Yeah, exactly. and so, yeah. so, um, so but, but, but when you lose all of that, your life works on a much better scale and your relationships are better. And, and why would you want to choose a life not like that why would you want to choose to experience bouts of anger and despondency and resentment and you know and you know yeah. just just the whole thing why would you want to choose that well what's actually going on is it's not normal you've normalized it and um, what you really want to do is basically go well what is it that's causing me to be like that and find out what it is and switch it off because once you switch that off or you've removed it from your 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 existence as a human being yeah. it no longer plays out in your everyday life so yeah. you can then walk through life a lot more confident a lot more happy your your you create more friendships you get closer alliances people trust you more because uh because you're you're not you're not volatile or you're not unpredictable or you know you can be you're a lot more trustworthy as an individual and so i've done that and I, it's massively helped me but I try and I, I just don't understand why people would want to go through life not be, being aware of that that's how they think and feel and act or behave why would you not why would you want to keep that well I think it's because they just don't know it's possible to change it and because they think it's just who they are because they're taught it and I think that's what blocks them the two things is they go right oh my god I'm, I'm reacting this way I don't want to react this way uh, and then they're stuck they're not taught well you can do something about that and they're not taught that it's not who they are uh, and I think that's all they get into. They get stuck in, oh, it's who I am, and well, I can't do anything about it anyway. Yeah. So I'll just live with it and cope with it. And to hear that you don't have to be that, like to hear it's not you, it's not your identity, and that you can change it is a bit of a mind fuck for people because now it's... A because bit, they believe that's who they are. Because they believe that's who they yeah. are. And now it's a bit fearful because now they've also made, they've made it their identity. They may not like it, but it's who they are. So then if they change, they, they're sometimes frightened about who they're going to be next if they let that go because they don't know this other person. And sometimes people are actually frightened they might be worse or they're frightened they actually might really be this person underneath and that's and that the brain gets into kind of a weird loop when it does that. Um, but actually, it's fight and flight. That's all it is. Just think it's fight and flight. When you're having a severe response to something, you're in fight and flight. That's not you. It's a biological response to protect you when you're in danger. And by switching that off, there's no harm in that. You're switching off a response you don't need right now. And when you do that, you just go back to being you, which is a loving, warm, kind, caring, yeah. happy, joyful human being. The more I switched off in me, the more I've actually started to like people. Yeah. I've actually said this on the podcast many times. I didn't really like people before, but the more I like people... Which is people, great skill as a therapist to have. It's brilliant skill really, really... I loved helping people and getting yeah. better, but if I was out and about yeah. socially and things like that, yeah. I, don't really, I didn't really interact with many people, so I didn't like them very much. I was always wary of them. 
Yeah. If they came to my clinic, it was absolutely fine. Or if I was entertaining them, it was absolutely fine. But being out and about, my dad was a very negative person and was all very fearful himself, although he didn't really show that. But he, he was very um, negative about people and the way he was raised. And so it rubbed off on me. So I was then negative about people. And that made me wary... We're- which when I was is, out and about. Yeah, which is great because, I mean, what I would just want to touch on is the whole subconscious programming. Yeah. So generally, between the ages of 0 and 7, uh, we have a thing called mirror neurons, really, and we it's only our... So the logical part of the brain hasn't developed, and so therefore all we do is copy, mimic our environment. So that's why you hear a lot of people say, well, I'm just like my mum, or I behave like my dad. That's right, yeah. And all that is is because you've replicated those, the environment. You so whatever's it. going on in your environment, you replicate and you learn by it. Yeah. But that still isn't you. Yeah. And this is a hard thing because in those first seven years, you can have a lot of emotional shocks, traumas, beliefs, because what most parents don't realise is a child can't really logically think until, you know, well, in, well into its advanced ages. It's just basically copying. Yeah. And it's in an emotional state. So every time you're shouting at a child or telling it off or making it feel bad or making it experience negative things, all that's doing is it's going into the subconscious and storing it. Yeah. And so then what happens is those be, those learnings and those beliefs and those teachings then play out later on in the adult life or the teenager life or the adult life. Yeah. And this is where the big misunderstanding is, is, is that's who I am. Because they cannot see past the fact that it's a subconscious program that's gone in that's, that's actually driving those behaviours. But it isn't really who they are. It's just, it's just a program that's been yeah. put in. Yeah. And so, um, so a great, for me, a great, uh, a great uh, uh, model or a great yardstick, that's the word I'm looking for, the great yardstick was is that if... If that behaviour was leaving me feeling in a very heightened energetic state, so it either put me in stress or it made me feel very down or angry, or it had an adverse effect on the other person, then that's something that needs to be addressed. Yes. That needs to be something that you go, hang on a minute, this isn't working for me. I need to switch this off. Yes. I need to remove this. Now, up until... I don't know of other therapies. Up until now, I've not been aware of anything else that can just go and switch a belief off or switch a feeling off or switch a learning off. But the DTO system does. And, and the thing is, is when you actually start getting rid of those things, everything on your life works and you attract better people in your life. You, the, the, See, like attracts like. So if you're operating from them belief systems and you're operating from those emotional responses and that's who you think you are, you'll attract people similar to that. Yes. And so if you really want to get on in life and you want to grow as an individual and you want to have a better relationship, you want to be more successful in what you're doing and what you want to achieve, then the only way you're ever going to do that is change. Yeah. That change or nothing will change. And I put this on my post, my Facebook post all the time. Change or nothing will change. Exactly. And But the problem is, is that there's this big misconception is, is that I am who I am, this is who I am, like it or lump it. I mean, I see so many Facebooks. If I, if you don't, if I get the arsehole from it, it's because you've done something wrong to me. No, it's got nothing to do with that. It's because you've reacted in a way. It's because <laughs> so you've it's, reacted to what someone's done. It's, it's, the, what it's done. your reaction that's a problem. And, and, it's your reaction to the problem, yeah. And you make a good point. The way to tell if something's not working is if it's having given a negative reaction to you and, and, and it, it, you're not liking that response yeah. or it's hurting someone else that's the time to go wait I need to change this yeah. um, not everything falls into that category we are human after all yeah. but that's a great way to tell if something's not working yeah, is absolutely. it giving you an easy reaction or causing a problem in your life or is it affecting someone else's well then you might want to think about changing and it can be changed but I think the, the big problem is uh, when you said change or nothing's changed change for people is scary Change for people is really frightening, especially if they've had something for a very long time, and especially if they think that's who they are. 
that can be frightening because they put so many um, coping strategies in place. I mean, one of my clients, and I have spoken about her before, she had a CRPS, which is an autoimmune problem where the joints and the muscle and the skin become uh, very painful. And she couldn't use her arm for many, many years. Yeah. And when she thought about changing and no longer having that, that freaked her out. Oh my, I mean, she had it for 17 years. That freaked her out because she put so many coping strategies in place um, of holding a drink in the, the bad hands so that when she was out, she shook hands with the other person, of, of getting her husband to cut her own food when she was out, of um, different scenarios she learned to avoid using this arm. So in her head, one of her blocks was, well, if I get rid of all that, what am I going to do with my arm? <laughs> yeah. She was like, what am I going to do with my life? So change, although she wanted it logically, the unconscious was freaking out. Yeah. And so we do get that change is very scary for people. And and it, But what you can do is you can take those thoughts about change, you can take the fears and worries about change and switch them off so you're no longer frightened of change. So once you're no longer frightened of change... Yeah, change just. I mean, I suppose I don't know if I'm different to everybody else. I don't know, but you are. (laughs) No, no, no. He is. No, I mean that because I thought he was taking a piss. Well, no, I was was teasing, but he is. There's not many people. So when I when I met Steve, he was really. You've heard his story. He was stuck. He was broken. He was a mess. But very few people in that state go to lengths that Steve went to to get better. Yeah. Um, and I don't mean what he did in the past, I mean with DTO. He he, he, he did it for a few months with me, and I, I did it on him solely. And then he wanted to do it on himself. And he started doing it on himself, and he did it regularly on himself, and he did it time and time and time again on himself. He became very dedicated to healing and getting better. Now, part of that was because he'd found something that worked for him. Yes. So I get that. Yeah, so he was nice. very excited at that point. But most people do not go to that degree of... Um, perseverance and time and effort to heal and get better because they don't put themselves first they don't make their health and well-being a priority they make everything else a priority the problem with that is that if you don't have your health and well-being nothing else works yes nothing you can't look after your kids you can't take care of your partner you can't do your job you can't drive a car you can't do anything you can't have a healthy loving relationship no you can't you can't make money properly you can't sleep well you can't do anything unless you are in a good mental and emotional state nothing else functions around that but everyone tries to do it the other way we described but you you suddenly realize it worked and you want to clear everything, and you got really, really excited, which yeah. is great. And you, but most people don't dedicate like that. And but, I wish people would. I see so many people in my clinic, and they find so something that works, but they're just not dedicated just, towards their health I'm, and well-being. It's I'm insane. Just gobsmacked because why would you like? So if I've got a feeling that makes me feel not good, I don't want that. No. I don't want that feeling. I don't want that anger. I don't want to react and say things that I don't mean in the spur of the moment and 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 be not in control of my reactions and not in control of my responses and making excuses and my life not working and everything going wrong in your life. Yeah. Why? I'm just... See, for me, logically, I don't want it in my life. No. So I need, to, I, need, I need to do something to sort this out. I need to change it. Now, why... The rest of the population, or the majority of the population, don't think or act or feel that way. Absolutely, mind—it's mind-boggling. It I don't—I can't. Under- I don't understand why you would want to go around and feel and act and behave that way and just be okay with it. Is just beyond me. It's beyond me. And so, um, so yeah, maybe I am different. But I mean, but for me, um, I just can't. I can't imagine what I. I 
even now I'm still switching and getting rid of stuff that you know from the past certain things that come yeah, out, oh, I don't like that I need, that needs to go yeah. because since I've done that and the, the, you know change or nothing will change my life has gone from minus 10 to 150 million you know and that's in a really short period of time yeah and 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 then that's what's achievable. That's what's achievable. And why why would you want to stay stuck and trapped in that? And I know there's guilt and shame and and it's stuff sabotage. that sits and sabotage that goes underneath it. Yeah. But there must become a time or a point in your life when you go. Do you know what? I've had enough of me. I've had enough of. <laughs> I've had enough well, of. I've had enough of feeling like this, acting like this, responding like this. My relationship's not working. Having failed relationships over and over and again, blaming everybody else because we said it before. You're present in every piece of shit that happens in your life. You're the one that's present in every situation. You're the one who's always there. Always there. Always but there. yet, <coughs> the programme is to blame somebody else. That's right. Or to make excuses. Yeah. And I'd, surely logic would prevail sooner so, or later. So, so Steve's going through a very a similar dichotomy that I went through for many years because it's, as Jonathan, I can, I can, I'm like, always I baffled by people's behaviour. Yeah. But as Jonathan, who understands DTO and understands the mind, I know why people behave the way they do. And I know why people stay stuck. And I know why people don't want to change And uh, because they, they, it's become their identity, they're used to it, uh, their sabotage, their guilt and shame no, under, keeps I, it running. I understand all that, but I don't understand why you wouldn't want to change that. No, but that, but so basically what happens is the, the, the guilt and shame kicks in and goes, well, I don't deserve to change. So that stops it. Or the identity kicks in and goes, it's who I am and I, I don't know who I'm going to be without, so it's safer to be here. It's more about safety, uh, about that it feels safer and more comfortable where they are because they've known that for a long time. When no, I, I so did I though. You did, but you have a different driver. So your driver was to walk, you've, like me, I've always known there was something different and I never want to stay like that. Some people don't have that driver because they've, they, they, they've, they've got another belief in the way that says something else. Your belief has always said somewhere in your brain that I can solve this, I can get rid of it and I don't want it. Yes. That's different. That's what I had. I had that strong, inbuilt stubbornness yeah. that I can don't need to be like this. I can solve it and I can get rid of it. I remember a, a, an energy conference that I did with a colleague many years ago and we were speaking there many, many years ago and there was a, a, a guy there who was a... I didn't know him, but he was a well-respected therapist. I still don't know who he was. I can't remember. And we was asking a question. He put his hand up and he said, well, I don't believe everything can be healed. And he had, he had chronic condition. Now I'm like, that's insane. If you have that belief, you're not going to get better. Yeah. Now he clearly comes to that acceptance because he wanted to accept the fact that he couldn't heal because he wasn't healing, obviously, or whatever it was. Um, but people just get these beliefs in their head that's, that stop them from healing, stop them believing it's possible. But some people like you and me have the belief it is possible and we keep that belief and it ultimately gets us to where we want to be. Yeah. But some people kind of give up on the belief. They, they let it go. Yeah, I think the other problem with the belief is as well is that they're worried about what other people think. Yep. It's, yep. That's the big one for me. So for a long while, I was always more concerned about what other people's thoughts and opinions were of me, even though now I know they don't matter a toss. <laughs> uh, but we make up these illusionary perceptions of what other people might be thinking or saying and again that's all made up in our head that's not even real but that can keep us trapped and stuck as well so i do get it but uh, but like i said there must come a there must come a point in your life where you go do you know what this relationship ain't working for me i'm not happy in it i need to move on but but they won't or or for example um uh they're unhappy with the way they are or their drinking problems or they're just their general lifestyle they look and go, do you know what? I just cut, I work, I come home, I sit in front of the sofa, I pour wine down 
down my throat, I go to bed. I get up, I go to work, I come home, I moan at the kids, I pour wine down my throat, I go to bed. I get up, I go, and that's the respective cycle over again. At yeah. some point, some point, surely you go, hang on a minute, this isn't what life, this isn't really living, this isn't life, there must be something different. Well, people do, but they have to, it, it appears they have to get really desperate. They have to get to a point in their life where they've had so, just so much enough that they want to change. I, mean, I have people come to me and they, they say to me, oh yeah, I've just, got to, I've just got to 40 in my life and things have got to change. This is not working for me. Or I've just got to 38, whatever it is. Yeah. But they get to a certain point in their life where they've just had enough now and it is enough and they can't take any longer. But often, tragically, it takes people that to get to it. It did with me. It really did with me. I got to a point where I've just I've had enough of this. Something now has to change. Yeah. Even though I was trying to change before, and I really was, I was yeah. doing lots of things. I, I obviously wasn't working as hard as I wanted to work or wasn't really dedicating myself to it. And and I got to a certain point and went, I this has to change, I can't do it. But I got to a place of desperation. And a lot of people they don't really change, they get to that desperate state where they're so desperate that the sabotage gets overridden by the desperation. Okay. Um, because I, I think that what happens is the sabotage keeps you stuck, keeps you stuck, keeps you stuck, keeps you stuck, and then you get desperate. And when you get desperate, that overrides your sabotage. You go, I can't take this anymore. And that's when change yeah. happens. I, I wish there was an easy way to get around that. I wish we could logically say to people, like, we're trying to do now, change. Yeah, no, but, but the, the thing for me here, really, ultimately, is that why... You don't need to do that. So the, the point, the point, I the way I do my Facebook post and the way I do it is I want people to identify that actually I don't need to act or feel or respond or behave in this way. I can actually do something about it now. Yeah. I can actually do that because the worst thing in the world, because it happened to me twice, is hitting desperation rock bottom. I, I want to end my life. I hit that, hit that low. And that is really not a good place to go because climbing out of that is really takes a lot of effort and energy. But if I could have intervened on the journey downwards, if I could have intervened going down and and then intervened and, and done it there, I wouldn't have had to go and cause so much pain and hurt to my parents when I told them I wanted to end my life and blah, blah, blah. You can intervene it now and then you can literally go back on an upward curve and your life starts to work with you. Yeah. So again, it still it still baffles me that that... And I get, I get the sabotage thing, but the message I'm trying to sort of convey out is you don't need to wait until it does that. No, you if you would just say, do you know what, actually, that makes that actually makes logical sense. All these geezers, all the blokes are like, oh, it's all logic. Well, you're not really showing much logic to me when you allow yourself to go down like that. They'll be really logical about, you know, solving a, a computer program or building the latest app or telling somebody else how to solve their problem in a bar. But they won't actually do it for their own stuff, and I just find that a crying shame. And it's a and it's a crime that people don't want to do that because the world will be a better place. Your families will benefit more. Your relationships will benefit more. Your wife, your parents, your family, everything benefits more. Your kids kids benefit on such a massive scale. It improves everybody's life so much just by changing you and not being like that. So anyway, we're going to be running out of time. So we are. Do you want to close out? Well, we've covered quite a bit. We've covered uh, quite a bit of why people behave the way they do and, and, yep. and actually we don't need to. And we're actually going to split this up because there's more information on this about yep. the way we blame people and the way we, we make it out to be everybody else's fault. So in the next podcast, we're going to go through Orbed. 
Yes, we're going to go through orbit. orbit which yeah, which shows you, actually shows you what happens when you are in a blame mode and, and how to kind of get out of it logically if you can and actually really see it. This is a tool that we learned a few years yeah, back. Yes. And we sort of apply it for our clients as well. It's a logical tool, but it's a good thing to have. And and we're going to go into more details about other parts of why why we stay stuck and why well, we... Well, I think beliefs drive behaviours and all the other reasons why we get stuck and how we get stuck and yeah. what causes them. So and to stop blaming, basically, to take responsibility and, it, and stop making excuses and stop blaming and yeah, stop... Get your life and, back on and track. And to get your life back on track again. Yeah, so great. So I'm, I am mindful that we're the, the, the clock is ticking down. Um, if you want to reach out to Jonathan for any chronic pain issues, depression, anxiety, you can uh, visit his website on www.decodingpain.com. If you want to work with me on mental issues, uh, emotional issues uh, PTSD trauma beliefs anything like that um, then you can uh, go to my website and my details are on uh, www.healingthemind.co.uk please go and subscribe to our YouTube channel which is Inside Out Effect with Jonathan and Stephen and please obviously uh, subscribe to our Facebook channel which is at insideouteffect.com he knows all the links he's brilliant no, it's at, at Inside Out Effect. Right? It's at Inside Out yeah. Effect. Okay. Um, so, so they're, 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 they're basically, and also uh, www.insideouteffect.co.uk. If you've got a business and you'd like uh, us to come into your business and work with your staff to help with uh, any emotional and uh, any staff issues, um, behavioural issues, anything like that, we can do that. So, yeah. um, so on that note, yeah. I think. I think anything else you want to say? No, just hit the like buttons, hit the love buttons, share this, give it to as many people as possible. Uh, we just really want to educate people. You don't have to suffer and you can. There is a way to solve it. And we're trying to show you what that is and show you why you're behaving that way. And that's all we're really trying to do. We're trying to help as many people as possible and share more up-to-date information on what's possible these days. So hit the likes, hit the loves, share it out. And uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you on on the next podcast yeah. in part two. We do part two of this. We'll do part two of this on the next episode, and uh, I'll get that latest, the last episode uploaded uh, onto YouTube, which is all about fear. So if you missed that, go and listen to it on YouTube. So other than that, we look forward to seeing you uh, or speaking to you next week on the next week's edition of the Inside Out Effect podcast. Uh, I, I'm your host, like I said, Stephen Jake. So it's good night from me and from my good friend. And, and good night from him. From Jonathan. Good night. Good Take night. care now. Goodbye.